trust can can be built basically well in a number of different ways but a, but a big part of it is is following through on what you say you're going to do and if you say you're going to be you're going to be communicating with folks or have an open door policy meeting with folks regularly being visible being around being available if you get caught up in your in your work or you have the lack of confidence to to do all those things and you don't follow through on those things then that can start to erode trust Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Welcome to another episode of Management Development Unlocked. I am super thrilled that you are here. Hey, while you still have your device in your hand, I'd like to ask a few favors. You know the drill. One, please subscribe to the show. Two, please share the show with just one other person. And three, go to my website, GerardTrainingSolutions.com and download my free ebook on becoming a manager. Today, I am very pleased to have Gary Ross with me. Gary, welcome to the show. Who are you and what do you do? Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my name's Gary Ross. I'm a workplace communication trainer, coach, and consultant. I help people communicate better at work. It's uh, the one thing that everybody knows that they need, but don't necessarily know how to do. So I, I step in and help people do that. All right. And today we're going to talk about confidence in communication, specifically inspiring, informing, and persuading your team, your peers, and your senior leaders. So new managers definitely need to know how to inspire and inform their their teams, their leadership, and so on. So this is really germane uh, to this audience. So I'm really glad that you're here today. Yeah, it's great to be here. I, I, and I, I work with a lot of folks who are first-time managers have over the years, and and it's it's one of those positions. It's one of those things where people don't necessarily always get the support that they need. So it's great that they have a podcast like this to to listen to and 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 do that. So hopefully we'll we'll be able to to provide some things that they'll find helpful. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's get started. My first question for you, sir, is why do first-time managers have a hard time communicating effectively? I think sometimes it, it goes to, it goes to confidence. Uh, we've uh, first-time managers they're they're moving out of being an individual contributor, and they've got that responsibility for uh, a team and. They're being judged also by their higher ups on how they're managing that team, and so there there can be a little bit of nervousness there, and that nervousness sometimes tends to manifest itself in in tentative communication. What happens when communication is tentative is it comes out a little stilted. It also doesn't happen necessarily as often as as it should. So when there's radio silence, for example, that leads other folks to to make up their own version of things or their own stories, which are generally never good as good as as what the actual story is. So it it comes down to confidence, knowing what they're allowed to say and and then how to say it to to help bring people along and 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 lead their teams. Yeah, I can totally relate to the whole confidence thing. I worked at Apple for a few years and spent all three years with a horrible case of imposter syndrome. So confidence was a big thing there. And and nervousness and, and saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing were just par for the course. Yeah. And and you may be able to 
I don't know, I guess fake it, so to speak, on some of the technical work that that you do. After all, that's one of the reasons you got promoted. You're great at the technical work that you do, but it's hard to hide that on the on the communication. The communication is where we really tend to tend to see that. And although you've got that technical competency and your heart and your mind is in the right place to be a good leader and a good manager, if that confidence is not there, the the communication won't flow as well as it should. And then people will start to to wonder, or there may be a little bit of a, of a lack of trust that, that develops among the team and just totally innocently through nobody's fault, other than the fact that the communication wasn't as robust as it, as it might've been. Yeah. And, and I talk a lot about trust in my classes and how very important it is for a new manager to establish trust early and reinforce it often. And if you don't communicate well, you can destroy trust right away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it and it won't build in the in the first place. It it takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time, and trust can can be built basically, uh, well, in a number of different ways. But a, but a big part of it is is following through on what you say you're going to do. And if you say you're going to be you're going to be communicating with folks or have an open door policy, meeting with folks regularly, being visible, being around, being available. If you get caught up in your in your work or you have the lack of confidence to, to do all those things and you don't follow through on those things, then that can start to erode trust. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's let's carry on from this. What are some tips for being a better communicator at work? There are several things that 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 you can do. I, I've got uh, three number one rules of communication. They're all tied for number one. <clears throat> and and they, the 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 first one for for managers, I think, really is to is to know your audience. And you may think that, oh, I, I know my audience. I've got Bob and Mary and Steve and Jane, and they're on my team, and I, I know who they are. I might have even worked beside them, and 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 so I know who they are. But but now, when when we're a manager and we're looking to communicate to those folks, we need to start thinking about, okay, what is it that motivates them? What do they want from you? What do you want from them? And, and, and begin to think along those lines and that you may find that there are some differences will emerge. And this depends also on the size of the team, but some differences will emerge on how perhaps you begin to think about each of those folks as, as an audience for your communication. So that'll provide a little bit of nuance that you, that you definitely need. Then you want to also, and, and you can use this approach for any kind of communication, whether it's a one-on-one meeting, a presentation you're giving, a meeting that you're running, you want to think about these three things. What do you want at people as a result of your communication? What do you want them to think, feel, and do as a result of your communication? What do you want them to think? Is there a particular piece of information or knowledge uh, or, or or, or a fact set that you need to communicate, something that you need to inform people, set the basic scene for what it is. And then ultimately, if you eventually are looking to get buy-in or advocacy on something, we need, we need to start thinking about how we want people to, to feel about what we're asking them to do. And generally, we want them to, you want people to feel excited. We want people to feel bought in or things like, like being proud or, or, or trustful of a, of a situation that, that uh, what they're being asked to do is something that, 
is not only beneficial for them, but also is they're they're gonna it's a meaningful thing for them as part of the organization. And then ultimately, what do we want people to do? And a lot of times, believe it or not, that's the part that gets left out. We tend to be pretty good at imparting information and and even sometimes on on psyching people up and getting into the getting into that uh, that emotional piece but sometimes we leave off what we want people to actually do and sometimes it can also feel that we're being a little more prescriptive than we need to be but people are looking for for direction they want to know okay well what do i actually do and so when we think about communication we think about what do we want people to think and feel and do as a result of of our communication and just by going through those three little questions before we're before we're getting ready to communicate to somebody can really help you uh, organize your thoughts. And another thing to do uh, along those lines is to think about the objective of your communication. In other words, what is the job that you want your communication to do? What do you want your communication to accomplish? And then as you're either making notes for an upcoming meeting or you're sitting there in that one-on-one conversation and you're, 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 you're having, that, having that meeting, if you feel that things are starting to drift and aren't serving what, you're, what you decided your objective was going to be, what this job of this communication was going to be, then you know you can bring it back to, to where you needed to, to be in, in the first place. And that helps you streamline things as well. So knowing your audience and and what you want them to think, feel, and do, and and, and understanding and or and developing and deciding what the objective of your communication can be are some some tools that you can use to make sure you're communicating on point, that you're communicating to the right people or the right thing rather to the right people at the right time and in the right way. We are absolutely singing from the same the same sheet of music. My presentation skills course walks through the exact same thing. Oh, great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing. So I completely agree with you that, you know, in, in any communication situation, whether it's uh, teaching or presenting or, you know, talking to somebody in a one-on-one, making sure you know who you're talking to and what you want them to know, think, and do, and what your objective is for that presentation or communication is, is right on point. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And then... Other things to consider as a leader, my, my other two number one rules of, of communication. First is to realize and understand that everything communicates. Not only what you say or what you write, but, but what you do, and a lot of times what you don't do. So, for example, if you feel like something is – you're going to need to ultimately communicate something to your team, but you're, but you're not ready yet, well, I'll, 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 I'll communicate that in a couple of days. But then something else happens and say, well, maybe I should make wait a couple of more days. And then something else happens. Well, maybe I should make a couple more days. Well, now it's a week and a half since that initial thought came to you that people needed to know something. Chances are they're expecting to, they're waiting for you to talk about that as well. So all you've accomplished essentially is a week and a half of, of radio silence. And then what happens? People are left, as we said before, to kind of come up with their own version of the story, which is generally not as good as what your version of the of the story is. And that's just human nature. That's just the way it happens. So understanding that that everything communicates. So being visible, being available to your to your people, certain things, even body language, whether it's we're remote or in person, all those things communicate things to to folks. So 
remembering that. And then the, the, the other number one rule is, is to incorporate storytelling or tell them a story as I, as I like to say. And there, and, and, and we're not, some people are like, well, what do you mean? Tell a story. This is a business. We're not going to sit around a campfire and roast marshmallows and, and have story time. This is, and, and, and we're not suggesting that, but stories are fundamental to the way we as communicate, we as human beings communicate. Uh, if you think back to caveman days, that's how people were communicating. There are several story structures, uh, age old story structures that are, that are useful uh, to help bring people along toward a, toward a course of action or to get buy-in for something that you're, you're looking for your, for your team to do. And the, the reason we respond th- this way to, to stories is that our, our brains are wired. There's actually certain chemical changes that happen in our brains when, when we, when we experience a story. And so we can use that to our advantage in the workplace to help bring people along and, and to help lead people. So how do we come up with a story? There are four questions you can ask yourself about what what it is that you're looking to to communicate and this will help you take a set of dry facts and actually turn it into a story that people will feel compelled to to follow along with those four questions are where are we now where are we going how will we get there and what will it look like when we get there so instead of issuing some sort of dry memo about here's what we're we need to do a week from wednesday and and please do that and let me know if you have any questions it becomes a okay here's what's going on now and there's something here that needs to change and what we're going to do is xyz and by the way here's how we're going to do it and here's how we're going to support you along the way and then when we get there gosh everything's going to be much better than it than it was before and by doing that you're you're helping bring people along into what it is that you're that you need to communicate and you're driving the desired behaviors that you need from, from your team. So it's an, it's an age old storytelling formula that can, that can help you day to day in your work. Where are we now? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? And what will it look like when we get there? Ask yourself those four questions. Oh, it, it, I love it. Cause this dovetails so nicely into a couple of previous podcasts where I had folks come in and talk specifically about telling stories Mm-hmm. So you're just you're reinforcing and underlining that point that as a manager, you need to be a good storyteller in order to galvanize action. And so yeah. I, I think that this is a this is a really nice point. So thank you for that. Yeah, we're as 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 new managers, we're we're starting to flex our, our leadership muscles, and as leaders, we're looking to to provide guidance for folks. We're looking to bring people along with us. And to to achieve a shared vision of of success, and by communicating in these ways that we're we're talking about, that you're you're much more able to do that. And hopefully, these are these are some some brief tips that you know you can you can incorporate really at any time. And and hopefully, you'll see that you're you're driving more attention, you're driving more buy in. People will be following you and and doing what you're asking of them perhaps a little easier than uh, than it was previously. Nice. Beautiful. Nice. I love how you wove together some stuff that has happened previously before your episode. So very nice. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about confidence and how new managers can build confidence in their ability to communicate to their new team. So you got this, this room full of new people staring at you. You've got butterflies in your stomach. 
how do you how do you break the ice and get going? Prepare, e- even for what se- might seem to be the most mundane of communication activities, a, a, a weekly staff meeting or daily staff meeting or, or a one-on-one, everything can use preparation. And how do you, so what do you do when you prepare? How do you prepare? You go through a lot of the things you just talked about. What's the objective of your communication? What do you want people to think, feel, and do? Who am I speaking with and understanding what they care about? And then say, okay, here's what I need to communicate. Here's what I want people to do as a result of of my communication, and then weave that in to based on the the answers to those questions that you you've asked yourself based on these based on these tips, and by going in and feeling more prepared, you're you're better able to answer questions, and you will sound more authoritative maybe than you initially initially think. But I, I tell you, I remember, and I, I still. I still enjoy this, and maybe this is a little bit of my imposter syndrome showing. But when I get up and, and give a talk, or I, I speak to a class, and I get up there and I and I say something, and people are like, "Oh, oh!" and then they take a pen and they they start writing that down. I I still love that. That's still just that that is that's fantastic. It's like, wow, I'm saying something that people are going to find important, or people have have found important. I'm, and what I'm saying here is I think if you do that preparation and you keep in mind some of these tips that you will capture people's imagination like that, you will get verbal and nonverbal cues that show what you are saying and how you are saying it is landing with these folks. Their responses, again, verbally and nonverbally will show you that you're communicating effectively. And that's how you build confidence because you say, okay, well, that worked. I'm going to do that again. Or maybe that didn't go so well. Maybe I need to focus a little bit more next time on, on XYZ. Here's a newsflash. You got promoted most likely because you deserved it. You belong there. They're not the, pe- the people who promoted you into that, into that manager role or hired you into that new manager role. They did their due diligence. They don't want to look foolish by having you come in there and screw up. Nobody wants you to, to go ahead and do that. They hired you and they put you in that role for a reason because they have confidence in you. So you belong there. So by using, again, some of these tools that we're talking about and the ability that these folks have seen in you, you'll get this. Maybe not the first time, maybe not the first few times, but you'll get this and Look at the trajectory too of of how your communication goes. Maybe the first couple aren't are a little rocky. That's okay. But if it starts getting better, it might not be perfect right away. But if it starts getting better and your trajectory is going in the right way, stick with it, and that should build confidence as well. Yeah, I, I would I would say you know you got this as a new manager. You yeah. you, got, you got it. You'll get there. It's like any skill, you know, any new thing. You weren't perfect at it the first time. The first time you got on a bike, for example, you you know you weren't awesome at riding a bike the first time. It took practice for you to get comfortable and confident and get your balance and all of that. So same with managing, same with leading change or any anything else that goes with leadership and management. Agreed. And 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 resist the temptation to to wing it. So when I say prepare, there's there's a certain level of discipline in there that's that's required. And you may think, well. I, I see so-and-so over there. That person's a great leader and they don't prepare like this. They just come in and wing it and they sound great and, and, and do, and, and so forth. And generally they, 
they probably if they sound great and they do a terrific job, chances are they're not at least a hundred percent winging it. Winging it is is a recipe for for disaster. And I've seen I've seen executives, I've seen a list actors get up and try to wing something on stage and fall flat on their face, where the audience is looking around at, at each other. They're going, "What is going on here?" And so even though you think there might be people out there winging it and they're so cool and they can just hop up on stage and just and just go for it, don't do it. They they they're good at what they're doing and it may look like they're they're winging it, but chances are they're not. So don't be tempted to do that. Totally agree. One of the things I like to do in my spare time is teach scuba. And I was in the pool with a bunch of folks this weekend. You know, you spend a lot of time, you know, in in the water teaching skills, demonstrating skills, and so on. And one of the participants said to me, man, how did you get so comfortable in the water? Like you just, you you breathe nice and slow, you're relaxed, you you hover, you float right wherever you want to be. And I just looked at him and said, practice. Like I've got over 200 dives. I've been diving since 1998. Like this didn't happen overnight. You should have seen me the first time I went scuba diving. It was a disaster. So, you know, I've gotten this good because I've spent a lot of time doing deliberate practice. So just reinforcing your point that, that practice and rehearsal and preparation makes all the difference. And, and experience. And all of that takes, as we all know, discipline and dedication and all that. But the, it takes time. There was no way to rush that stuff. And those of us who get promoted into the managerial ranks for the first time, we're, we may be pretty ambitious and we're impatient and we want to we want to show everybody that, hey, they made the right decision and I'm the right person for this and I'm cool and I've got it all. Give yourself a break. Give yourself some time to get some experience under your belt. You're, you're doing fine. And that's the the only way to, to come across like that. The only way to to have that degree of of experience is to spend the, is to spend the time to do it. So it takes a while. That reminds me of a story I tell sometimes about the importance of practice and rehearsal. I had a, a, a colleague who I needed to teach to teach a course I had written. And it was a very detailed course on root cause analysis. And in fact, it was so detailed that I had gone off and gotten certified in Six Sigma to, to, to create this course. Hmm. And then I needed to turn around and teach Deborah how to teach it. So we did her first run through and, and she, she got through the material and then I asked her what she thought and she said, Oh, I, I bombed. I want to do it again. Okay, no problem. Go away, practice, do it again. So we went back and forth five times and this was a significant investment of time and effort. And every time we went back and forth, she went away and practiced for a few days and then came back. She mm-hmm. came back the fifth time and nailed it, just nailed it. Every point, everything was perfect. And I congratulated her and said, well done. She said, thank you. My dog now knows more about root cause analysis than any <laughs> creature on the planet. So you, you don't even have to rehearse in front of another human. You, I mean, if you can, that's great. But just building the muscle memory and doing it in front of a mirror, in front of a camera, in front of a pet just do it. Do yeah. do the thing before you stand in front of your team and deliver that difficult message. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Preparation. It's all about the preparation and the practice. Absolutely. 
All right. My final question for you is around the realm of managing up, because as first line managers, you know, we often have to manage our senior manager or director above us. And so how can new managers build the confidence in their ability to communicate to leadership and manage up to them? I have uh, found in, in my experience that looking at those folks as as fellow humans <laughs> and not somebody with a, a long, scary title or, or, or the, the, the big corner office is, is much more is, is, is the way to develop those relationships where you can become a, a trusted advisor to them, a trusted colleague, trusted member of the organization. If you remove to the extent possible, and this is of course depends on the, the culture and the organization, your own personality, their personality. But if you remove a lot of what tends to intimidate a lot of people about working with senior executives and just treat them like any other person, more often than not, they will appreciate that. And it will also differentiate you because most people don't do that. Don't take the time to do that. And they stand on ceremony and appear nervous around them and, and don't relate to them uh, as fellow people. I've had success in the past when I've done this. I've had challenges in the past when I haven't done this. In fact, in early in my career, I was I was up for a promotion, and my boss wanted to was recommending me for a promotion, but the president of the company was indecisive and would not give the green light for it. I I, I wasn't really sure why. I couldn't really get a straight answer as to why he was hesitant. Well, one day. I think it was late in the week and it was about 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the evening. I went into the, the president's office with a couple of other executives to talk about whatever issue it was. And it was just the end of the day and it was it was a little more relaxed. And and I, I for whatever reason, that day acted more like my normal human being self rather than worrying about being around the president of the company. And it was a good meeting and left the meeting and the number two guy in the company kind of followed me out the door and he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, by the way, if you had acted like that in like you did in the meeting today, you would have already gotten that promotion. They told me that it, he was telling me that me standing on ceremony was actually getting in the way of being promoted. So that's that's worked for me. Now, I've I've actually given talks about this. And I've gotten some pushback from people that, well, that doesn't always work and it doesn't work necessarily for all genders or all ethnicities. And I, you know, I can speak for, for who I am and, and to what has, has worked for me. And I, I think there is some degree of universality to it where you can take it and in, incorporate incorporate it as you feel proper into your particular situation to to have it to have it work. So I would just provide that that caveat there. But it in overall it's it's working with people as as fellow colleagues rather than standing on on ceremony I think can help you gain a lot of credibility with with uh, the management in the organization. 
Yeah, I think authenticity is is really important, you know, being yourself. Not being yourself to the extent of, you know, walking into the office in shorts and flip-flops. Uh, right. <laughs> but you know, I mean there's 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 a certain level of of decorum that's that's expected, but well, and professionalism too. Yeah, I mean, we're we're the, we're at work. Yeah, I mean, we're at work. I mean, I'm I'm working from home, but I'm wearing a collared shirt, and and mm-hmm. at least from the waist up, I look professional. <laughs> and, and and that's you know that's part of the package. You know, you you you're you're groomed, you're dressed, you're you're ready for action, but also being yourself. And if you've got, if you like to crack jokes and you know some some good, clean, funny jokes, I think there's a time and a place for that. And so, you know, if you've got a sense of humor, let that shine. There is. And another thing that that I've suggested people do in talking with a CEO or a, or a senior executive, especially early in the week, ask them how their weekend was. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. Nobody will ask the CEO, how was your weekend? Because nobody feels like they can have that kind of conversation. But CEOs have weekends too, and they like talking about what they did on the weekend and with their families or with their friends. It may be different than what that what you did, but but that's okay. And again, it's a way to because so many people don't do it. It's a positive way to distinguish yourself, and it begins to develop a rapport there. So when it does come time for you to make that recommendation that you want to make to, to senior leadership. There, initial that rapport, that relationship, that base of a relationship will have been established, and you're already you're you're already ahead. There you go. Well, let's transition now to to your products and services, your company. Do you have a product or a service you'd like to plug? Yeah, well, so I I do workplace communication training and and coaching and and speaking also with with organizations. I have eleven e learning courses available on workplace communication topics. And I do live versions, both virtually and and in person of all of those, plus some additional topics. So things like leading difficult conversations or writing and speaking professionally, even things like eliminating filler words, those sorts of things. And and then some more basic some more basic communication kind of blocking and, and tackling as well. So we also have a course on the storytelling and and other things like that. So the the website for that is plus p l u s at insidecoms dot com, and that's i n s i d e c o m m s dot com, plus at insidecoms dot com, and you can check out those e learnings and and again do live versions of that as well as well as individual coaching. So I, there's there's some executives I'm I'm working with now on. Um, on, on some coaching and, and a lot of it stems from, from communication also and, and love working with, with high potentials and, and new managers as well. There's a client I work with. I'm part of their corporate university and they have some programs for emerging leaders and, and high potentials. And I'm on the, the faculty for, for that and, and just love sitting and, and working with, with folks on, on all these kinds of issues. So again, I think comms is that, that one thing that, that people think they need and don't really know how to tackle. And so I, I, I find ways to help people tackle that. Perfect. Well, thank you for letting us know how to find you. Cause it sounds like yeah. those are some good offerings. All right. Well, Gary, thank you so much. That was a great conversation. It went by like in a flash, really went by quickly. <laughs> so that was really good. Is plus at insidecoms.com the best way for people to find you? 
Uh, well, it's plus.insidecoms.com is the website. Also, insidecoms.com is the is the main website. Or send a note to info at insidecoms.com email and happy to chat with anybody. And then on LinkedIn as well. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn. We will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at gerardtrainingsolutions.com.